Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. Remember the first time I was alone with the boys? It was really scary. I didn't know who was going to make it out alive, if we were even going to make it out alive anyway. So, no, it's... Yeah, so thanks for everything you do. Oh, it got dark in here pretty quick. I don't think we paid the power bill. <laughs> oh. oh, thanks, hon. Yeah, I, that was a subtle hint. Anyway, so, no, I'm. Uh, we're going to see how this is going to go. It's either going to be a 10-minute devotional or, you know, God's just going to really take over and make this a lot longer. Um, as I was homesick on Monday, I was asking and praying, okay, God, what is it you want to do? What do you want to talk about? Where do you want to go? How do you want to do this? And then I'd go throw up, and then I'd come back and sit down, lay in my bed, ask the same question over and over again. So I want to give to you what uh, the Lord gave to me as I was not feeling good. Did you see? I'm impressed this made it the whole service. Yeah, no doubt. I'm just kidding. So here's what's under here. This is where it falls. Oh, look at that. It made it. One second. Can everybody see what that is? What is it? Jenga. Who's ever played Jenga before? Who hasn't played Jenga before? Oh, my goodness. Really? Mom, Dad, you guys haven't played Jenga? Oh, man. It's the most, stri- like, if you have severe anxiety, don't play Jenga. I was having anxiety, and I'm not a very anxious person. I was having anxiety sitting in the back there, like, is it going to fall? Is it going to fall? And then Sawyer runs up. I'm like, yeah, it's done. I've had a good run with this. No, but this is what I had. This is what God was showing me. So when you see it, it's a Jenga block, right? And I was like, hey, God, what is it that we can get out of this? What is going on? And I would feel around the blocks. I'd look at it, try to remember the concept of the game. As we all know, you find a block, and you push it out, and then when you go, you place it on top, the next one, the next one, the next one. And then eventually it gets to the point, whoever picks the one that is the supporting block to this whole anxiety package, it falls over. And then you lose, and then you set it up again, and then you go again. There's also another kind of Jenga game you can get that has a die, and you roll it, and it tells you what color to pick out. Talk about stress beyond measure. Because when you know that red one's ready to go, and it says, pull out the red one, you're just, well, game's over. Bang. And what God was really pushing on my heart with this is, think about Jenga as somebody's life. As your life, I was like, okay. Every so often, there's a block that can either get removed out of our lives, right? Situations happen. And then we come along, the enemy just pokes, pokes. Oh, that one's pretty strong. Poke, poke. How about this? Oh, it goes right for the bottom. And that's what he does. He pokes, he pokes, and he pokes, and he pokes, and he pokes, and he pokes. And it's like, stop it! 
stop poking me. And he says, nope. And he finds that in one block. The only thing is, is he doesn't put that block out of your life back. He puts regret on. He adds unneeded weight. You know, it's interesting. In the scripture verse I had for this, John 16, 33. God talk, mentions, you're going to find troubles in this life. Who has troubles in this life? Who doesn't have trouble in this life? So, so far, scripture is, is holding up to truth. There is definitely trouble in this life. God, you haven't lied on that one. But it's, and it's like, okay, God, so what do we do when we have these troubles in life? How do we go about it? Ash and I were listening to the net song, This Is How I Fight My Battles. And we were listening to Michael W. Smith. And you know, Michael, he had the audacity to say at the beginning before the song started, put on the garment of praise. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I was like, what? It sounds so easy. And there's an old song that goes like that by Robin Mark. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Let the oil of gladness flow down. What? That's a great sandwich. Put on the garment of praise and the oil of gladness. And it sandwiches in that spirit of heaviness. Because as the blocks keep piling and piling and piling and piling, it gets heavier. Your foundation starts to shake. Try setting this game up when you have a five and a three-year-old that can't wait to play the game Jenga. You know what dad and mom's hands are doing? Wha-pow, 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 stop, stop. I haven't kicked my kid in the head yet, but it's about to come. But you're blocking, you're doing everything you can. And I was like, God, you're, you're, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to block these attacks from my children. I'm not saying my children are the devil. All I'm saying is they attack my Jenga. And it's frustrating because then they just go, oh, Dad, it fell. Let's build it again. They're little destroyers. But they're five and three, and I love them to bits. And I'm glad the bruise that Levi got today from running into the door did not show. Because he looked like Two-Face on one side. He had this nice door print when we left the, the house this morning. I was like, great. Looks like I just said, oh, yeah, now tell everybody you were hit by the door. It's like, whoa, okay, that's dark. And so I'm, I'm th- I'm, as, I'm, as I'm doing this, I'm picturing myself, I'm surrounding my Jenga. And I was like, oh, cool, maybe that's just a person thing, you know, person. Wow, look at that. It's a people thing to protect something with, the blo- with blocking it. And I looked at it, you know, it's a very common theme throughout the whole animal kingdom. Did you know, up in the Arctic, um, musk ox, they circle their young. These things can weigh up to 900 pounds. And what they do is when there's a threat coming, they get all the little ones, they put them in the middle, and they all look at the, at, at the wolves that are coming. And the wolves are looking at them and they're like, yeah, I'm going to take you down. And these muskots, they got these huge horns, and when the wolf comes up, they 
put their heads down and they fling them. Like they chuck them. Watch a video. It's pretty cool. I wasn't going to show it. It's very graphic. But watch the video. They throw them in the air. And the wolf lands on its side, either killing it or severely wounding this animal. And they do that. And, the, and, the, and apparently, you can see the, ki- the kids, the uh, little, uh, sure, calves, thanks. They're in there, and they're looking around like, what's going on? Hmm. Oh, yeah, there's, there's the backside of all the parents. Okay, cool. And they're just hanging out, doing what kids would do. You know, they're trying to go underneath and trying to go, because they're not sure what's going on. All they know is they're in this, this dome of protection. And that's when I got this idea. And I was like, God, this has to be you. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded. But I'm surrounded by you. When the wolves are trying to pick away at my Jenga, I'm blocking it. God does the same thing in our lives. He says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who give me strength. He says, I will be your strength. I will be your armor. I will be everything so you can overcome. What's, we're, we're more than conquerors. Even though this looks like it's a brittle game, it's full of anxiety, it's full of there's no chance I'm going to win, it is surrounded by protection all the time. The disciples face this every time. Could you imagine? Jesus just comes back. Everything's all hunky-dory. You're like, yes, he's alive. He said he was coming back. Thank you, Lord. And then he says, by the way, I'm leaving. It's like, well, what? Excuse me? You're leaving. But you, you just got here. He says, no, I'm leaving, but I'm going to leave somebody behind you. It's like, no, but, but God, we, we don't want that. We want you. And he says, I understand that. But my time here is done, and I'm ascending up to my rightful place. And he reminded them, I'm going to give you a comforter. And they said, but Jesus, we're scared. And Jesus said, I know you're scared. And he predicted and said, you know what? You're going you're gonna to run. You're going to hide and everything like this. But you know what? What seems impossible for man is possible with God. And so they did. They hid until the Holy Spirit came in. And what, we all know what happened. The place erupted. They started shouting out at people. They started speaking in people's native languages. The gospel started to just fly. They didn't care whether they were persecuted. They didn't care if uh, Saul, uh, Paul, who Saul at the time was going to kill them. They didn't care because they knew who was surrounding them. They knew who was protecting them. They knew that they could do all things. And they didn't have this. They didn't have the script, the New Testament. They were writing it as they were going along. Sorry for moving so much, cameraman. (laughs) But they knew what they believed and what they saw and what their master told them. Because they held on to the teachings. What did Jesus, when he was on this earth, what did he say about himself? He said, I am the good shepherd. Well, when you think of a shepherd, they attend sheep. They do everything they can to protect them. Think of King David. 
what he was a shepherd boy, a small shepherd boy who defeated a giant. And how did he know how to do that? Because he tended sheep. He said, this is how I've done it to protect sheep. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to face my giant. I'm going to get my weapon, and I'm going to chuck a rock at it. And you know what? God's going to do what God's going to do. He knew where his hope and his faith laid. Was in the fa- it wasn't in the fact that he, w- he was throwing a rock at a giant. Because really, if you think about it, if my kid was to throw a rock at me right now, I would be mad. Right? Like, let's be real. I'd be really choked that Isaac threw a rock at me. But he's got a pretty good arm, so it would hurt a lot. But if he knew that God was behind it, you better believe you'd be running in head first. Jesus also identified himself as the gate. Nobody can come in unless through me. You get this... I, I did a message on this one time, and, and what they would do is what Jesus was saying is there was these pastures, and what they would do, they were called like, rent, it was a rental pasture. And what it was, it was just a stone that would come around. It wasn't very high, probably, I can't say average on me, so maybe about like that high. It wasn't a really high gate. It would just keep the animals in while they would rest. And what the, the sheep, the shepherd would do is he would lay himself right in the middle of the crevice where the sheep could walk through. The reason why he did that is because if anything was going to enter into that pasture, it would have to wake him up first before he knew. And he said, anything that tries to find another way is a lie, and it's not from me. Jesus said, I am the gate. Nothing is going to come unless it's through me. So when you hear those lies that we always talk, that we, we tend to talk about and listen, you're no good. You're not smart. You're worthless. Your father's upset with you. God's in a good mood today. God is in a good mood today. He's not. Why would God be displeased with what it is we're doing? We make mistakes. My kids make mistakes all the time. But I love them more than anything. And I'm an earthly person. I've been born into sin. But I've been made new. So how can a perfect love... Be, be less than what I am? How can, how can we look at God with human expectations and say, hey, God, you're looking at me the same lens that I look at people? I, that's a lie. That's not from the Father. That's not from the Spirit. Throughout the Old Testament, he said, I'm your provider. Monday, I wasn't able to go to work. Okay, so we'll, we'll take a hit there. That's fine. It is what it is. I can't go to work. I can't go to work. My body was aching and just full of pain. Sunday night, Ash gets a text from the principal at KCA. And she says, hey, Ashley, do you want to work? Uh, do you want to teach kindergarten? Ashley's like, absolutely. I'd love to teach kindergarten. She gets a uh, teacher's salary for that day, which is awesome. We're like, thank you, Lord. That's going to cut it in half what, uh, you know, to make up the difference. She got her check, and it made more than what we were expecting. It covered that whole day of me missing work. God's your provider. Do we take hold of that? Do we just say the declarations just because it's something we do every Sunday here at House of Hope? 
So we can get into these routines. We can get into autopilot. And I was telling Kaya earlier, I said, what's really hard and what's been really stressful and challenging for me preaching in this particular facility. <laughs> you don't need to laugh like that. That's okay. <laughs> Is I can't do all my research. I can't. And what I mean by that is I could have I dissected these passages right down to the bitter core and been like, oh, yeah, so this is this and this and this, and this is why they would do it and give you all this information, which there's nothing wrong with information, just for, you know, Richard, just so you know. I'm not, I'm not saying knowledge is bad. I'm not saying that. Knowledge is great because it helps us understand what's going on. But what my teachers would always ask me in school and what I get when I come into the House of Hope is how did that scripture impact your life? And as we go through this stupid thing of honor on Sunday nights, I am forced to change. I have to change my thinking because you can't approach people and say, you're stupid, you need to change. It's not about me, it's about you. But how did these scriptures make you feel? How does it make you feel to know that God is your provider? Really? That's a tough one. Because our whole lives, our parents first, my dad was our provider. Thank God he worked at Kaminko. And now I'm the provider. Okay. It's changed. Stress. When really God says, yeah, Dan, no, I'm the provider. No, but God, I'm the, when I get a paycheck, it says to Dan Meldrum. It doesn't say to God. And God says, Dan, I'm the provider. I'm your protector. I'm your defender. I'm the one I am. Oh, ooh, don't, don't say that. So this is where it's been tough for me. The last couple times, I've, Jeff has asked me to preach. Because I can't just default back to my studies and be like, boom, this is what I know, and it's going to change your lives. Don't. <laughs> I'm already having a hard time here. I'm bearing my heart out now, and you're laughing. This is why I don't like this culture of honor thing. I don't. Oh, it's brutal. Jeff says, you know, if you, don't, if you don't come out and learn anything, come out for the comical relief that Dan will give you as he's struggling through culture of honor. So I'm not ashamed to say I'm not liking it right now. Who likes change? Ash changes the furniture every once in a while. I said, what are you doing trying to keep the evil spirits out of the house? Leave it alone. The pots were over here before, and now there's cutting boards. She's like, why don't you put anything away? Because it's going to change the next week, so what's the point? <laughs> Another tough one that God identifies himself as is he's our father. Ooh, why can't he be our mother? That's my mother-in-law, everybody. She... Uh, she slipped through the uh, greeter this morning. I will, I'll leave a picture of what she looks like. Don't invite her. But he identifies himself as our father, not our mother. 
Do you know they did a study that in prison, I can't remember the prison down in the States, but they did a study, and they handed out Mother's Day's cards to all the inmates. Full. Everybody signed them. Everybody gave a card to their mom. Just like, it was ridiculous. They said the prison mail, unreal. They couldn't keep up with it. So they're like, let's do the same for Father's Day. Not a single letter went out. So how is it that we say, God, you're my father? Because mother would be so much easier. Because in today's world, we have family guy for our father figures. What an idiot this guy is. There's no more of those family shows. Because, well, that's just, you know, like women do do all the work. I'm not saying women don't. Women work very hard. And men, we are very blessed to have them in our lives. Because I hate folding laundry. (laughs) Say that one really quietly. But that's the thing. Who do we have for role models anymore? I don't have the leave it. I've I've seen leave it to beaver. I've seen Andy Griffin because I have old parents. And those were the hit shows back in the day. Yeah, there's another one. Yeah. See, there's, no, that's a bad one. However, it is funny. It is funny. She she doesn't find you attractive, she'll find you handy. Which, I don't know how, like, I've I've wanted to try some of the things he's done, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if my insurance would cover that if I was to say. So I tried fixing my chainsaw with tape saw, with duct tape, and it uh, didn't work out so well. Yeah, that's true. But that's, a, that's, a, that's something we need to grasp. And we need to dig deep and say, what does a good father look like? And God says, hello. I'm right here. I've told you everything I have about who I am. I've demonstrated. To me, a good father is a good provider. And I had a a fantastic father figure with that. And I'm not saying that because he's here in the room. But my dad worked hard. And he said, son, I expect the same out of you. And I said, okay. I spent time with my kids, as many of dads do here, I'm, I'm sure. It's about the time. It's about making the best of what you have. It's not, well, I need, I have to do all these things in order for my kids to love me. No, it's... Are you spending time with them? Quality time. Are you taking interest in what they're doing? And I guarantee that's what God's saying. Every time we open the book, he's saying, let me show you something new about me today. Let me tell you something about me today. Let me tell you something about you that I've been thinking of. Every time we listen to our praise music as we're driving, God's saying, let me tell you something about you. Let me tell you, tell me something about me. He's pouring into us as we're pouring in. God also calls us a comforter. When those little red scorpions or anything gets into our lives, the comforter is there to say, you know what? It's going to be okay. You're going to pull through. We can do this together. Why? Because you can do all things 
through me who give you strength. That's how he talks to me. I don't know if he talks to any of you like that. Because it would be weird if I talked to myself in third person like that or something. That'd be weird. Hmm. I just, and as we, like, as we've been going, I've just really been sensing that God wants to break something in, in some of your lives today. Like, we keep talking about freedom. We keep talking about this is how we fight our battles. And the question's being raised as it was to me this week. Are you really ready? Do you want to do this? How does that make you feel? Does it make you feel scared? Yes, it does. Because you've got to let go of something. And letting go of something hurts. And it is very scary. You're right, Dave. It is very scary. But when we let go of something, the comforter, the Holy Spirit comes in. And he says, it's okay. I'm here beside you. Let's take this on together. Hmm. It's tough. I know, I know it's tough. Like, believe me, being, being here back in Cranbrook has been really hard for, for me as a person. It's a lot of changes I've had to make, a lot of changes I don't want to make. But God's asking the question, do you really want to do this, Dan? Do you really want to go to the next level? Whether that be in worship, whether it be in speaking, even in evangelizing to people. Dan, do you really want to do this? Because our churches and pews are full of people who just want to show up. They really are. And God, you know what? He's a gentleman. He's not going to just be like, hey, no, get rid of all the pews next Sunday. Get rid of all those comfy conference chairs you guys just bought. Get rid of them or whatever. Force people. Tell them they need to do this. When I played football, when you were injured, you got to sit on the sideline. If you didn't want to play, you got to sit on the sideline. And the coach said, fine, that's it. But just know, when we win the championship, you're not part of the team. That sucks. Do you want to get in the game or do we want to stay on the sidelines? Do we want him to fight our battles or are we doing a good job on our own? That I can't answer for. I wish I could answer for, for all of us here and say, yeah, let's do this. But it's tough. He's surrounding you. He's surrounding it. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by the one. By the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The yes and amen. That's a lot better than a 10-minute little devotion, I think, on that one. Oh, man, I even had scriptures I skipped. Like, these are my notes, like, legit, right there, all in pencil. <laughs> yeah, I even broke out a pencil for this one. But, no, if that's you this morning, and it's like, you know what? No, I want to take this serious with God. Start. Today's the day. It's new every morning. Today's the day. Please, please, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you. Let's do this. We can do it together. We're a family here. And I really got to see that last Sunday when we had to leave early, duck out, and people just started saying, yeah, I'll cover the kitchen for Ash. We'll do this. We'll do this. We're a family. We're not just acquaintances. We're not just 
oh, I go to church with uh, John. Oh, cool, cool, yeah. So do you know him? Yeah, he, he's a cool guy, yeah. Oh, have you talked with him? Yeah, kind of. But we get to know each other. We get to hang out. We get to do what families do. So this is a safe place. And I know that's what the leadership has really wanted to instill is we are family. Nobody has worse garbage than anybody else. We're all in it together. So can you please stand? Let's just stretch out to God just this morning. Hmm. Just take that time right now. Just, just pray to him. The prayer that he's putting in your heart to pray. God, I thank you that when we call, you answer. God, I'm just thinking about just Peter stepping out of the boat and walking towards you. He prayed the shortest prayer ever recorded. Help. Lord, help. God, this yoke that we carry is getting heavy. God, and you said in your word, God, that let's take your yoke upon us for it's light and it's easy to carry. Hmm. Hmm. God, I thank you for this, this family that stands here. God, that it's not about a one-man or one-woman sport. God, that we come together in, in unity to hold each other up. God, to hold the arms up as the battle rages on. God, to bring each other to the cross. God, I thank you for your word. And God, I thank you that you are here in the midst of all this chaos, God. God, it may seem like the world is falling apart and going to hell in a handbasket, but God, you are still God. And you are still our Father and our King. Thank you for that healing touch, God. It may not always be physical, but spiritual touch as well. We just praise you and we thank you, God. That you are victorious, God.
And because of that, you call us children, and we are victorious with you, that we fight out of the hand of victory, and that we are more than overcomers. Yeah, that we are conquerors. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, as as I pray for the boys, I pray for a continuous protection around us. I don't want just a head of protection. I want a mountain of protection around us as we leave this place. God, and I thank you that. (laughs) I don't know why. I just have Paw Patrol stuck in my mind right now. But I thank you that there's no job too big and no job too small that you can't handle. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I think uh, we're good. Have a great afternoon, please. If, uh, yeah, if you've felt something or heard something or whatever, come talk to somebody. We'd love to talk to you and uh, totally bombard Jeff. Okay, blessings. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.